batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cubs Corner. My name is Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Coach's is located over at 6169 North, Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago. Great ownership, great food, great deals over there. It's just an all-around great time. So this summer, whether it's to go catch a Cub game or just for a night out, make sure you get to Coach's. Like I said, my name is Anthony Pasquale. Apologies for the over a month layoff since the last time we have had a Cubs Corner episode. I know you guys are dying to hear my thoughts on the team as well as you know just some updates about what's going on with the Chicago Cubs. So with that, I'd like to apologize. Our last episode was back in May when we had Andrew Bellison on the show. Uh, make sure to listen to that one if you haven't. But let's open up July with um, a promise to you all to be more consistent with my podcasts try to get at least once a week and for sure when the Cubs have off days like they do today. But just to get you guys all up to speed, since the last time that we met talking about the Cubs, they've had a fairly good time. The last time we talked, they were nowhere near first place. Um, And by the end of the month of May, they ended up near first place in the NL Central. They had a bullpen that put together 40 consecutive innings of scoreless baseball. Chris Bryant looked like a most valuable player candidate. Javier Baez had a really nice stretch hitting the long ball as well. Um, Then some injuries came around. Uh, David Bodie got hurt, Nico Horner, Jake Marisnik, Matt Duffy. Um, The list kind of goes on and on. Those guys have been starting to rehab and get back a little bit. But it's been tough. The Cubs have been faced with that injury bug, and then all of a sudden you head into this June slate that the Cubs had of of just a gauntlet of teams. The San Diego Padres, who are in line to make the playoffs. The Giants, who have the best record in the National League. The Padres again. Then the St. Louis Cardinals, who are never easy. Four games in New York against the Mets, who lead their division. Then they came back home and played Miami. Went to Cleveland then played the Dodgers and Milwaukee back-to-back. Uh, it, it was it was a rough stretch in June, and we talked in April, and a lot of people speculated after Jed Hoyer decided to sell a little bit during the offseason, getting rid of Hugh Darvish, Victor Caratini, deciding not to bring back Kyle Schwarber, John Lester, Jose Quintana, Tyler Chatwood, um, you know, Steve Ciszek. The list kind of goes on and on in that regard. And And this year you come in, only a few guys – on contract past this season, a lot of roster flexibility, a lot of guys that are in walk years. Um, and for a long time, it looked like Jed knew what he was doing, kind of putting that motivation into some of these guys. Chris Bryant is playing better than he's looked in two seasons. Javier Baez is is hitting pretty well. With the exception of Anthony Rizzo, everybody else in those walk years hasn't been all that bad on the offensive side. And then pitching-wise... Kyle Hendricks you've got for a few years. All these other guys are just kind of plug-and-play to see what works. Jake Arrieta has struggled. Zach Davies hasn't been quite what you wanted him to be, but the bullpen has been fantastic. Craig Kimbrell second in the MLB in saves and second in ERA from out of that bullpen. He's been fantastic. Ryan Tapera, Andrew Chafin, and Dan Winkler have been great to just get him the ball. And the Cubs have got some nice contributions from some younger guys in that bullpen like Brad Wick, uh, Tommy Nance, Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, some of these younger guys that could be a part of future Cubs teams. So that certainly has been good to see. But like I said, 
in May, 40 straight innings of, of scoreless baseball, it's impossible to expect that team, that bullpen, that unit to keep that up. June was a lot tougher for them. They were still really, really good. Um, not too many games blown by the bullpen. Just they've given up a few runs here and there. And you look at this offense, a historically bad start all the way up until about April 17th. They were brutal. Just really, really bad. They couldn't score runs. They depended way too much on the long ball. And even with depending on that long ball, they weren't getting a ton of it. So then what happens? April 17th comes around, and the Cubs go on this stretch of playing really, really good baseball, scoring a lot of runs. They swept the Mets. They swept the Dodgers. They swept the Padres in that stretch. Swept the Pirates. Took three out of four from the Nationals. They played really, really good baseball during this time. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in first place in the National League Central. The bullpen is clicking. Everybody's hitting. Um, And then June comes around. You play a little bit tougher teams. The injury bug hits even further. Anthony Rizzo gets banged up. Chris Bryant gets banged up. Jason Hayward spent some time injured, as well as Ian Happ and Jake Marisnik. And Patrick Wisdom just recently went down. and, And all of a sudden, you find yourself where they are right now. Six games out of first place as July starts, and a lot of questions moving forward. In May, they only lost one series the entire month. In June, they lost four seri- five series in the month of June and then another split. So obviously June wasn't the month the Cubs had hoped. They went 12-16, and 16, including losing their last six games. However, huge bright spot of June was, of course, the no-hitter thrown in L.A. at Dodger Stadium last Friday. It was a great team effort. Zach Davies went the first six of no-hit baseball. Then it went to Para, to Chafin, to Craig Kimbrell, the lockdown, the 17th no-hitter in Cubs history. And here's an interesting fact. Cubs haven't thrown a no-hitter at home since the 1970s, but they have the last two no-hitters in L.A., Jake Arrieta's in 2015 and... This recent one, the combined no-no last week, and the last two no-hitters in Milwaukee, Carlos Zambrano's against the Astros and Alec Mills's last season. So maybe uh, time is coming for the Cubs to get one at home, but nonetheless, great feat for that team there. But as it stands right now, like I said, six games out of first place behind the Milwaukee Brewers, who the Cubs were swept by earlier this week and it was just such a painful series if you're a Cubs fan Monday you go into that game you got the three toughest pitchers you're going to face you've got Freddie Peralta Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns all of whom have been really good against the Cubs this season Freddie Peralta game one you get a two-run homer off him early give up the lead in about the sixth tie it up in the seventh with a Patrick Wisdom two-run shot making it four to four And then the bottom of the eighth inning, a colossal collapse. You give up 10 runs, end up going home losing 14-4. The next game, bullpen shot. You need a strong outing out of your starting pitcher. You need some offense, finally. Stop depending on the home run ball. And what do you get? They two-hit the Milwaukee Brewers and lost 2-1. So another stinger. You think you come back Wednesday, even though it's against... Corbin Burns, you need to get this win. Corbin Burns gets scratched, a 
pitcher, I believe by the name of Andrew Ashby, in his first ever career start. Start to get a little bit optimistic. No Rizzo. He's down with a back injury. No Chris Bryant. His side has been bothering him. Both those guys are out, but you still think you have a shot. What do you do? You hang seven runs on the Brewers in the first inning, making it look like offense is coming alive. You got a shot to win this game, stay only four games back in the division. They gave up 15 unanswered runs and lost the game by eight after leading seven to nothing. An absolute gut punch to end the month of June, go six games down in a division that looked fairly winnable up until this week, and and it just brings a lot of questions as to where this team is going, where this team is headed, and potentially which players will or won't be on the team on the first of next month. So that's an intro, a little bit of a recap of what's been going on with the Cubs. I'll do some numbers for you all, too. Offensively, it's been Chris Bryant's year for the most part. Um, He's been scuffling as of late, not as many extra base hits, but he's got 15 homers, 41 RBI, and he's batting 261, getting on base at a 347 clip and slugging 500. So he's one of the few with an OPS over 800 on this team, 847 to be exact. Still having a really good year, not off to as such a hot start as he was. He's cooled off considerably, but he's still been a big plus in that lineup. Um, team leaders, you, you look at Javi Baez, despite the 227 batting average, Javi leads the team with 18 homers and 49 runs driven in. He's been a big help in that lineup, um, especially in terms of power numbers, driving in runs. He's been everything you could ask for. Um, Jack Peterson in his first year in Chicago, not bad, not great. Got a two thirty three average, 11 homers, 33 runs driven in. Uh, Wilson Contreras, in my opinion, has been phenomenal. Um, batting average is only at two thirty one, but he ha- he does have 31 walks, which is tied with Chris Bryant to lead the team. He's getting on base at a three thirty five clip, 13 homers, 30 RBIs, all while catching the most innings in the National League and, and really doing a good job at that. So that's kind of been the most of it. Anthony Rizzo has been banged up a couple times and has otherwise struggled. Does have the 344 on base, but just 10 homers and 32 RBIs. You'd like when he gets healthy, um, you'd like to see a little bit more out of him and you hope to have him back as the season treks along. But other than that, you know, a lot of these guys have faced injuries. David Bodie, Matt Duffy, Jake Marisnik, Nico Horner, Tony Walters, PJ Higgins, Uh, Jose Lobaton, Austin Romine, all those guys have gotten significant plate appearances this season but um, are either on the injured list or just returning from the injury list right now. Uh, The Cubs have gotten a huge boost from Patrick Wisdom. The rookie has 11 homers, just 19 RBIs. He's hitting .295 in his 97 plate appearances. So one out of every nine times he comes to the plate, pretty much the dude goes yard. He's been great for the Cubs playing third base or first base as needed. Um, And and Wisdom actually leads National League rookies and homers with 11. So if he stays up and and keeps this up, he might be in the rookie of the year conversation as the season treks along. Um, Some disappointments in the lineup. Uh, Ian Happ has really struggled. He's hitting just 183, and his other outfield compadre, Jason Hayward, hasn't been much better down at 194. So offensively, those have really been the struggles. Nico Horner's been great when he's played second. He's batting 338 and 
getting on base at a 405 clip, but he's only played in 21 games because they started him in the minors and then he came up and got hurt. So it's been Eric Sogard and Matt Duffy and Sergio Alcantara kind of carrying the load at, at second base and they haven't been all that great. So you'd like to see Nico come back soon and he is um, on a rehab assignment in Iowa. First of all, pretty crazy that this is just his first time playing in AAA, but he'll be back up soon, and that'll be a much-needed boost to this offense for sure. You look at the pitching side of the ball, Kyle Hendricks has uh, really led the way, 10-4 and um, on the season. He's got a 3.98 ERA, not as low as you'd like to see out of him, but he hasn't been that bad. He's won nine straight decisions, or excuse me, eight straight decisions, um, and aside from two real clunkers against Atlanta, he's been the Cubs' best pitcher by far. Um, Zach Davies, Jake Arrieta, Trevor Williams, and Alec Mills have all been okay. Uh, Jake has been especially bad as of late. Zach Davies has been a lot better lately, but all these guys really, really struggle to pitch deep into ball games. I think only two or three times all year have the Cubs had pitchers beside Hendricks pitch into the seventh inning, which is really taxing on this bullpen. And although they are listed and ranked as the top bullpen in the National League, the amount of sheer volume that these guys are having to pitch is making it really hard on David Ross as of late. Um, I mean, Craig Kimbrell's been great. Absolutely fantastic. 52 strikeouts in 30 innings. He's only allowed 10 hits all season. He's got 20 saves. Ryan Tapera also has a save. Rex Brothers and Alec Mills also have saves. But Tapera in that setup position has a 3-3-5 ERA. And that's with the last two times he's gone out getting roughed up a bit. Before that, it was down below two where Andrew Chaffins is at 1-5-9 in 36 games pitched. He's been really good as well in the setup role. Um, so has Dan Winkler, who has been a bit of a surprise with a 1-2-7 ERA in almost 30 innings pitched as well. Um, and then you go down the line, Rex Brothers has an ERA below 4. Keegan Thompson is at 1-8-6. Brad Wick, since returning from injury, hasn't yet allowed a run. Justin Steele is young. He's on the disabled list right now. Or excuse me, the injured list right now. But he's been really good. A 2-0-3 ERA in his time working. Um and then you keep on going down the list. You see some of these other guys, little younger guys, that are really stepping up. Tommy Nance, Dylan Maples, um, Cole Stewart, Corey Abbott. They've all been solid when they've gotten their chance. So that leads to some optimism about the bullpen and the pitching staff as um, the season and you know the future kind of moves along for this team. Um, definitely some optimism in the bullpen as you await some other guys getting healthy as well as Steele comes back, Dylan Maples comes back from the IL, and of course, you can't forget Rowan Wick, who was such a huge part of the bullpen in 2019 and for most of 2020 before getting hurt. He'll carry a huge role if uh, he could finally get healthy. So that's a little bit of an update there. Um, but let's talk about this team. You know, in first place for most of the month of June, falls apart kind of at the end, but right before, you know, July 1st comes, the All-Star break coming up, and then right after that, the trade deadline. So so where's this team at? What's this team? What is this team? What? There's a lot of questions to answer. They're three games over 500, six games out of first place, but six days ago, they were tied for first place in the NL Central. Brewers are playing good ball, but the Cubs have a better record 
than the Reds, the Cardinals, and the Pirates. They have as good a shot as anybody to catch the Brewers. If they get healthy, you know, you get Trevor Williams back, you get some of those bullpen guys like I just mentioned, Justin Steele and um, Kyle Ryan, Ryan Tapera, Dylan Maples, get some of those guys back. And then offensively, Nico Horner gets healthy. David Bodie comes back soon. Matt Duffy, you'd like to get healthy. Rizzo gets his back in order. Chris Bryant comes back from his side and knee injuries. And, and all of a sudden, this lineup looks like a totally different team. But with more than half the roster in walk years, knowing that you're not possibly going to be able to re-sign all of them, knowing that some of these guys are going to have to walk, and knowing that you've got some young guys that you want to bring up soon and you want to be able to be good soon. You don't want to tear the whole thing down. You don't want to have to do 2013, 2014 all over again. So what do you do? Jed Hoyer kind of answered this question before the season. You shed salary, try to fuel up on prospects, and retool on the fly. They did that by trading you, Darvish and Victor Caratini, not bringing back Kyle Schwarber, which, side note, looks terrible. Kyle Schwarber's got 25 homers. I think it's 17 in the last 15 days, 12 in the last 10. He's been on an absolute tear in Washington. Wish nothing but the best for Schwarber. He's been fantastic this season. That move looks like it hurts. I mean, Jack Peterson hasn't been bad, but he, he doesn't have 25 homers and over 50 RBIs, that's for sure. So that one hurts a little bit. You Darvish is... In Cy Young conversations in the National League, he's playing really well in San Diego. And if you look at this team, what this team needs, what this team needs to be competitive to win the division, to go far in the playoffs, is depth at starting pitching, an ace starting pitcher, a backup catcher to take the load off of Wilson Contreras, and another bat in that lineup that can produce. And what did they get rid of before this season? You Darvish, an ace. That would look really good in this rotation right now. Starting pitching depth with Tyler Chatwood, Jose Quintana, and uh, John Lester not being brought back. A backup catcher in Victor Caratini who starts on the Padres, uh, one of the best teams in the league, and, and instead the Cubs have Wilson Contreras who's been great, and then a collection of P.J. Higgins, Tony Walters, Jose Lobaton, and Austin Romine who have combined to hit zero home runs and drive in one run all season long. So they really haven't had any production besides Contreras, and with Caratini, you knew you were going to get that. And then Kyle Schwarber, another bat in this lineup that would be absolutely huge. Or look two years back, uh, Nick Castellanos, a guy that I thought, a lot of people thought the Cubs should bring back. What's he doing? Putting up MVP-like numbers in Cincinnati. So you could tell that they wanted to angle toward a retool. That's fine. But then in May, when you see that this team has potential to win the division and you get all these reports from Ken Rosenthal and, and Jesse Rogers and you hear Jed Hoyer say, we're not going to be selling, we're, we have the money we're going to look to add. Well, what you'd be trying to add is what you got rid of right before the season. And now they sit six games out of first place. Adding doesn't look like as much of a possibility. Selling actually probably looks more like the route. And you look at this team Anthony Rizzo, Eric Sogard, Javier Baez, Jack Peterson, Jason Hayward, or excuse me, not Jason Hayward, Chris Bryant, Matt Duffy, Jake Marisnik, 
All these guys are on one-year deals. Zach Davies, Jake Arrieta. I mean, you, you go down the list, a lot of these guys are trade bait, guys that you could get something for, um, rent-a-players, essentially. Craig Kimbrell, he might be the best closer on the market if the Cubs choose to sell. And as of right now, when you're six games out of first place, Andrew Chafin, another option there, six games out of first place, that probably looks like the attractive option right now. You've got 30 days to make up your mind. You've got about 10 days before you get almost a week-long break, so you're not going to be making, seeing anything to change your mind there. This team could have rightfully gone from buyers to sellers in six games. And it's just a really interesting, really kind of hard thing to think about that, you know, even after such a strong start Chris Bryant had and the Cubs were in first place a week ago, you might be watching the last month that he plays baseball in Cubs pinstripes. And you could say the same thing about potentially Baez, Rizzo, Craig Kimbrell, um, it, Jack Peterson. It all depends on what Jed Hoyer decides to do. And, and this upcoming schedule for the Cubs is, is huge. You know, Milwaukee made up a lot of ground in just a month because they got to play teams like Arizona, Colorado, Detroit, Cincinnati, um, in fact, those were the only teams they played the entire month of June until they played the Cubs in the last three days. Detroit, Arizona, Cincy, Pittsburgh, back to Cincy, Colorado, Arizona, Colorado. Those are all teams in fourth or fifth place in their divisions. So, so and, and meanwhile, the Cubs were going up against Padres, Giants, Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, all these teams competitive trying to win really good pitching. But now you look at the Cubs schedule for the month of July, and it's not as grueling as it was in June. You've got the Reds, the Phillies, the Cardinals, the Diamondbacks, the Cardinals again, the Diamondbacks again, the Reds, and then the Nationals as the trade deadline comes. So you go from playing five, six teams over 500 in the month of June, with the exception of the Marlins, to July, where on the schedule right now, You've got zero teams over 500 on the schedule besides Washington in the last series of the month. So it sets up a formula for the Cubs, you know, if they start to get healthy and pitch a little bit better to beat up on some of these bad teams and get back into the thick of it in the NL Central. But you've got to take advantage right away before the All-Star break with those three series against Cincinnati, Phillies, and the Cardinals. Because if you don't, you're sitting probably six, five, four-ish games out of first place at the All-Star break, and that's when you really start to field calls on some of these guys and get some trade packages, some conversations going so you can maximize your returns, maximize your values, leverage your offers, and, and you know try to rebuild on the fly. So I do personally think there is still a chance for this Cubs team to really turn it around, stay hot, stay good, or get hot and stay good and potentially win this division. But it's got to come soon. You got to get healthy and you got to start playing that type of baseball that they were playing in May. Contribution from all over. Contact, a lot of contact. Don't rely so heavily on the home run ball. Get four, five, hopefully six strong innings out of your starting rotation and hand it over to the best bullpen in the league. That formula worked all of May and for most of June. It worked 
last Friday against the reigning World Series champion. In fact, it led to a no-hitter. So just get try to get back to that formula. Stop pressing. Don't worry about six games back. Just worry about winning today. That's all it has to be for David Ross's squad. And they can get back to that tomorrow in Cincinnati against the Reds for three. Then they come home to play the Phillies for four and the Cardinals for three at home before the All-Star break. So that's, I think, the plan for the Chicago Cubs team. And and it's easier said than done, obviously. Get, getting healthy is easier said than done. But I think that is the way to win for Chicago. And if they can't get there, some of these guys might be saying goodbye as early as you know, two weeks from now or three or, or right before the trade deadline. But I've been saying a lot about the All-Star game. Let's just check in on the All-Star game real quick. It's going to be in Colorado July 13th. Um, coming up in less than two weeks. It's going to be a very fun um, contest. There's five Cubs selected to potentially be starters in the All-Star game. Chris Bryant at third, Anthony Rizzo at first, Javier Baez at short, Wilson Contreras behind the plate, and Jock Peterson in the outfield. Today's the last day to vote, so make sure you vote for your Cubs to potentially be starters. If I had to guess... um, my best guess would be Chris Bryant makes the team as a starter potentially or as a backup. It's hard to put him at third when he's been playing everywhere for this team, which also gives him an immense amount of value should the Cubs try to trade him. But we'll talk about that next week. And then I think Wilson Contreras has been really good. I think he makes a team as a catcher. And then pitching-wise, I don't think Kyle Hendricks, while he has been our best starter, has been good enough to be an all-star I will say, though, Craig Kimbrell will definitely be an all-star as a closer um, for the Cubs and in the National League. And I think if they want more relievers, either Andrew Chafin or Ryan Tapera or even Dan Winkler have a really good shot to be all-stars. But stay tuned. That announcement will come later this week. And that all-star game is in less than two weeks. But Cubs have a little bit more focus on their hands as they try to get back into this NL Central race with one last hurrah with a lot of these guys in their walk seasons. And like I said, if not, might be saying uh, goodbye to some of your favorite players, some of my favorite players who did bring this city a World Series championship. Once again, guys, I want to apologize for um, over a month off. I'll make sure to be more on top of it as July and this season continues Um, As always, this episode brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Thank you all for listening. As always, uh, this episode available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and the Cubs HQ website. But for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.